Ultra. This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome to Theme Park This, the only podcast that dares ask the question, how many Duff beers can we get in our system before Universal Studios cuts us off? My name is Brian Green, and you might know me from such podcasts as Scott Pilgrim Minute. <laughs> I'm Scott Corelli, and you may know me from such podcasts as most of the things on Dueling Genre. <laughs> <laughs> and hi, Hiddly Ho, podcast arenos. This is Kyle Crane from uh, Ghostbusters Minute and some other ones. <laughs> Uh, so if you haven't figured it out already, we are talking about The Simpsons today. We could start off, I guess, by talking about our backgrounds with The Simpsons. Scott, what, what's your background? Uh, I wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid. And so I, because my mom thought it was disrespectful to parents. I think a lot of parents of uh, our generation had uh, that same problem uh with the simpsons mm-hmm. for some reason everybody just thought that bart was like just the worst role model as if he was supposed to be a role model for some reason uh and uh yeah just wasn't allowed to watch it and then um i would go home for the summer to see my dad uh i would go visit my dad over the summer and i would watch it religiously um I just I uh, I would I would watch as many episodes as I could, and then I would reference it all year. And then when I would go back to my dad the following summer, I'd watch more Simpsons episodes because uh, yeah, I loved the show. I just wasn't allowed to watch it when I was with my mom. And then once I eventually started living with my dad, then I, that's when I became like a really big Simpsons fan. And that was in the like peak era because I started living with my dad in like '95. Ooh, good time. Yeah, and then and then uh, I ended up leaving Florida and my dad in uh, 99, 2000. So, like, right when uh, The Simpsons was dropping in quality is when I kind of stopped watching it uh, on the reg. Um, so I was, like, all in on, like, the best seasons of The Simpsons, watching it live as it was airing, um, and loved it. And still love those first nine seasons or so. Uh, and even even still, I, I would argue that every season has like, you know, a handful of like great to decent episodes. Um, it's the rest of them that are not great. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I uh, yeah, I love The Simpsons. Yeah. And uh, I guess mine kind of follow suit a little bit there. Like we didn't get Fox where I live for quite a while. I think maybe to like season number three of The Simpsons. So I kind of came into the game a little bit late. And when I was watching it originally, I was like, I, I didn't really get what the big deal was. And then around season four, when Conan O'Brien came on as a showrunner is when I started to pick up on it and just fell in love with the writing. Like it's I I rewatched a lot of that season four stuff recently and it still holds up so much. It's so dang funny and just watched it uh, throughout my life. And then um, it's funny because later on, I actually was a employee at the Fox affiliate here in Baton Rouge, and I was put in charge of kind of like putting some timing signatures on beta tapes, and I took it upon myself every day when we got The Simpsons on the satellite feed, like to sit down and be like, okay, I'm just going to watch three episodes of The Simpsons in a row right now and get paid for it, so uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I, I kind of agree, like I did also fall off sometime in maybe 2002, something like that, and really, there's been entire seasons of The Simpsons I haven't seen since then. Um, when I do catch it, I still enjoy it. I know a lot of people say it's dropped in quality, but it's still, and this maybe says more about the state of TV in general, still probably some of the better stuff on TV, even at its worst. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Simpsons fan, and what we're going to be talking about today seems like, I know we have a little bits of it in existence right now, but it seems like it's a property that's more deserving of of even more representation in theme parks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, my experience with The Simpsons. Favorite character has to be the yes guy. Yes. So, now, yes. <laughs> yeah. now, now, Brian, do you like The Simpsons? I, I don't, um, I'm not sure. I, I, honestly, I, I'm not all that big on The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually, I'm actually a huge, huge Simpsons fan. Uh, funny thing is, uh, I am younger than you know, the other, our other two hosts here. 
So I actually didn't get started watching The Simpsons until much, much later. We had one VHS tape when I was a kid. It was the very first episode, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. And I loved that episode so much. And I watched it every Christmas. And it's, my I think, half the reason why I love Christmas specials of TV shows and mm-hmm. Christmas movies so much is because I fell in love with this episode of the simpsons but as a whole i didn't watch the simpsons all that much i would i I, for some reason i'm not sure if we didn't have fox available to us uh, when i was younger or or our fox philly didn't play it very often whatever it was i was not watching the simpsons as it was on the air uh i didn't really get into it until i moved to san antonio uh when i was in the seventh grade and at that time, I probably would have been the late 90s, like 99 or so, or 2000. So The Simpsons was starting to peter off. I believe it was starting to get into the the, the post-classic era. But the great thing, though, was or twice a day, every day, the Fox affiliate in San Antonio would play two episodes. There would be one at 5.30, and there would be one at 10 o'clock. I was living on Lackland Air Force Base at the time, and at 5.30 every day, they play the national anthem. And if I heard the national anthem start to play and I was outside, I would run inside because I knew it was time to watch The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, and, or at 10, and at 10 o'clock, the, the base would play taps. And that was my signal, oh, Simpsons is on. So whatever I was doing, I may, may have been playing a video game or something, and if I just got lost, lost track of time, I would know oh, it's time to watch the show. So I got caught up on the classic era of The Simpsons while they were already in their post-classic era. Oh. And that's when I fell in love with it the most. I'm a diehard Simpsons fan these days. I've seen every episode. I still watch it week after week after week. At its worst, it got really terrible and downright offensive. There were some really just horrible, horrible episodes throughout the run. But overall, I think these most recent episodes in the last maybe five years have gotten passable, passable to good. There's a really great episode that's actually theme park centric that I really love. It's called uh, Halloween of horror. It's our oh, first yeah. in Canon episode uh, in Canon Halloween episodes. I guess I should say they take Lisa to Halloween horror nights at crusty land and she's just terrified by it. And it has a, a bunch of great theme park gags in it. And it's, really got a lot of great heart and i think what it benefited from being something that they haven't done before mm-hmm. and being this halloween episode that isn't crazy bonkers it is grounded in reality it worked mm-hmm. really well um so yeah that yeah that's a bit about my background on the simpsons i'll, I'll probably go into more later on but i'll stop <laughs> sure. yakking for a bit so let's talk about springfield at universal studios we've all been right yeah yeah so for me it's lacking mm-hmm I'm going to say that right now. Like, I love it. I, I love going in there. My big issues, though, the ride isn't great because they just took Back to the Future, a much better ride, slapped a Simpsons skin on it, didn't fix the projector that is just dim as as all get out. And I, I have issues with them going from the really great pre-ride, uh, the pre-show that is hand animated, that's you know, traditional animation, and then when you get on the ride, it's, you know, it's computer animated. It's a jarring change for me. And I'm really, really not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the biggest mistake that they did in doing this whole thing. I think that the ride would be greatly improved by just putting in a new digital projector uh, with, a, with a bright light bulb and uh, uh, changing out, like keeping the ride exactly the same way. Even the same story, everything, and just redrawing it in traditional hand-drawn animation. Because not for nothing, if I'm going to ride The Simpsons, if I want to be in that world, I want to be in the world that I recognize, not this weird, like, half-ass CG hellscape. Right. Um, that is in the ride it just doesn't it doesn't feel like the simpsons and the thing is the ride's not broken like the gags are really fun like it's a good ride it's just that there are certain things that uh are a mistake with it um and and i think i think that not upgrading the facilities was a mistake and i think definitely the cg movie is uh was a bad 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 idea Mm. bad call yeah, there's a little bit of a slapdash nature to it. Just kind of like, well, what do we have that we can quickly retheme to something else? Oh, Back to the Future is not in the public consciousness as much as The Simpsons is. Let's just go ahead and throw it in there, you know. And mm-hmm. um, 
honestly, the Back to the Future ride should probably still exist, and a new Simpsons ride should be sitting right beside it or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But but the 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 rest of the land, I actually I I, I agree with you guys about the about the ride. I, I think there's a lot of funny stuff in it. Um, it's it is very jarring to see that uh, that pre-show that's hand animated, and then you see three-dimensional representations of like Barney and Millhouse and everybody, and then the CG. It's just a kind of this clash of styles. And I don't know when we get into the rides, I kind of had some thoughts about that as well uh, that we're going to be talking about later today. But I do like the uh, other stuff that's there in the Simpsons land. Um, Brian, you were saying earlier that you you like it, you don't like it at the same time. What are your thoughts on like Moe's Tavern and actually being able to go to the Frying Dutchman? Oh, I love I love Moe's Tavern. I I love going in there because there are so many little touches. You know, you have the you have the Lovematic Grandpa or the the Lovematic Grip Test Machine. I just always call it the Lovematic Grandpa because of that one episode. <laughs> but yeah, it has all these great touches. I think the Duff beer is really good that they brew for the park. It's it's pretty good. The Flaming Mo is awful. I think it needs to yeah. be alcoholic. Needs to actually be on fire. Uh, there's a there's actually a local bar here in Austin that. Uh, makes a flaming mo. They they turn themselves every Halloween into Mo's Tavern, and they have a flaming mo that they actually set on fire, and it actually tastes good. So it yeah. can be done. It can be it done. Can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the problem is that they they're they're trying to one uh, universal alcohol. I would say is m- even more overpriced than Disney alcohol. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, twenty four dollars for a shot is the most insane thing I've ever heard. That's how expensive it is at Universal and. Uh, I wouldn't trust them with an alcoholic flaming mo. And yeah, the flaming mo is terrible. They tried to like recreate the color of fire, right? Rather than setting it on fire, but the drink is purple, not the color of fire. Right. So there's just nothing about it that is satisfying on any no. level. <laughs> I was real disappointed. <laughs> Doesn't even have that robotess and taste. Yeah, the food offerings I'm not huge on. I like the big donuts. Mm-hmm. But I go into the Krusty Burger, and I know it's just going to be a theme park burger. I go into mm. the yeah. Cletus's Chicken Shack, and I, I I wonder, well, when did Cletus get a, a chicken franchise? You know, he's a he's right. he's a bumpkin. He shouldn't have a restaurant. What does he know about <laughs> running a business? But overall, I I I like the the world building like the in the area. I like the Quickie Mart. I like the uh, the Duff Brewery little shop that's next door to Moe's. I, I like that they took my fav- one of my favorite scenic gags in the entire run of the series where all three of the different types of duff are coming out of the same pipe. Yeah. And so if you, if you look up, you can see that. I'm like, that's a, that's a good gag. And they, they definitely took some time to comb through their history and make some great gags and, great, and things that will be appreciated by fans of the show. Yeah, but it's all done in sort of a way that feels sort of like uh, Islands of Adventure, which is to say, like, you know, you go to in the Harry Potter areas and you feel like you're living in that land, whereas the Springfield area just feels like an ode Uh to Springfield, not like you're actually in Springfield. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Like, absolutely. You know, like when I when I think about, um, you know, like Toon Lagoon or or uh, the the Marvel superhero island it's the same vibe that i get from the simpsons land the whatever springfield or whatever whatever it is they call it i forget what they call that area yeah, um, yeah. it's lacking like life if that makes any sense right like it it you know they they worried so much about getting it exactly like the cartoon which is good i want them to but it they I don't know. They, they, it's missing something, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is. But mm-hmm. it just doesn't. It feels a little off, and I think part of it may be that, like outside of the ride, there's no like video footage anywhere. Like you have all of these windows. Like why aren't why don't you have like window gags of like video gags like Ooh. in the windows? Uh-huh. You know things like that. Like just really simple things that wouldn't take that much to do. And they just were like, well, no, we'll just have regular windows. And it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of bland. It's not what I would want. It's not what I was hoping from. That being said, uh, I, I have to say that the Duff beer is uh, probably the best amusement park beer I've ever had. Absolutely. So it's delicious. It's really legitimately good beer. Every iteration, too, is good. Yeah, I dig it. Well, so we're yeah. going to fix this park. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's make our own simpsons theme park yeah that's what we're here to do right 
Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, let's start out with our restaurants. Uh, Scott, what do you got? Uh, so I went with uh, Uncle Mo's family feedback. I almost went with that, but <laughs> yeah. I... Good choice. I, I decided for um, a different theme for my overall. So well, well, so I went with Uncle Mo's family feedback, and the reason is because you can make it gigantic, and uh-huh. it it wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't like bat an eye at it. Um, but however, I do think that I want there to be an area in the back. That is almost like a, it's like a speakeasy swap around where like everything sort of like moves around and then swaps around and turns into Moe's Tavern. Uh huh. So that like that's where you can go if you just like want a beer or whatever. And it, it, it's not like that all day. It's only that like that after like at night or something like that. But, uh, regardless of that, it's not just Uncle Moe's family feedback. Uh, it's also it's the Uncle Mo's family feedback and Noiseland Arcade, Ooh, and yes. uh, the no- the Noiseland Arcade is like attached to it, and it's part of it. You can order food and go and play games, and you know the whole thing sort of sort of like a combination of like you know there's like a, it's like got a Chuck E. Cheese element. There's definitely an animatronic Mo. Um, in this thing, uh, for sure, uh, he he would absolutely present the million dollar birthday fries, of course, um, and 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 you know of course Uncle Mo's family feedback would have their famous sodi so cold it makes your teeth hurt. <laughs> oh, your teeth but, hurt, huh? <laughs> but uh, but in the Noiseland arcade, they would have all original games. Oh, thank you. There are no Yeah, there are there are no it's all original games. So it's mm-hmm. Escape from Grandma's House, it's Larry the Looter, it's Super Slugfest, it's Bone Storm. My um, dinner with Andre. Polybius. Of course. Uh, and then but the 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 coup de gras, the 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 thing that they're gonna be like there's gonna be a section of the arcade that is just devoted to this one thing is a remade, remastered, re rendered Simpsons arcade game. Amazing. Scott, Amazing. I want this. Yeah, um, and it's and it's going to be the only place you can play it is if you go to this theme park. Well, that's just mean. Yep. <laughs> hey, you got to get people out, and uh, you know, look, the Simpsons arcade game. If you put a gun to my head and said, "Name your five favorite games of all time," like Simpsons arcade game is in that top five for me. I wow. played that so much every single time i went to an arcade the first thing that i did with my quarter was look for that simpsons arcade game um it's a great game yeah it's a fantastic game and i would love to see a properly done don't change it just upgrade the graphics and that's it you know and the and the the audio and all of that like upgrade all of that but otherwise leave the gameplay exactly the same Right. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that that would actually bring, I think they would literally sell annual passes to people <laughs> who just want to play that game all the time. Uh, stand up arcade version of the machine or is this going to be one machine or are we going to no, have like no, no, four No, 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 it's a section. That's what I, that's what ah, I said. It's a whole okay. section of this version of the game. The other ones only have like one or two cabinets, but this, sure. the okay. Simpsons arcade remastered one has like, you know, like 25 cabinets or something like that. Um, yeah. So here's, of course, here's the problem. And of course, there's 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 a cheat code on it that if you put in the cheat code, it reboots and becomes the old version. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you can play both mode. Yeah, yeah. So here's the issue, though: is EA currently owns the rights to Simpsons games? Okay, and it is, and it's being wasted on Simpsons Tapped Out. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, Konami is uh, they're the ones who publish the arcade game, so I'm not sure that they. EA, hey. I don't think EA has the rights unless they spent money on it. Though I think it, it was released on PlayStation Network in 2012, so eh, maybe. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's, like, it's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. what is Konami doing other than health clubs in Japan right now? They're not exploiting Castlevania or Contra or any other IP like that. I'm pretty sure we could get it off their hands. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and you know, like they've got that Castlevania uh, anime, so they're not oh, above yeah. you know making True. money. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle, what do you got? So for my restaurant, and this is going to kind of tie into a, a theme that uh, I've got tied into everything here, which is that uh, I'm going to be talking today about a Burns Endowment for the Sciences, and that's going to tie into everything that I'm doing here today. But uh, for my food 
option, I'm going to have Smiling Joe Fishin's Atomic Barbecue, which would be an atomic barbecue joint that is located adjacent to the Springfield power plant and uses nuclear power to cook all of their meats. So the idea here is it's a just a regular family style barbecue place uh, where, you know, the story is that they're using the nuclear power here. And of course, we know Smiling Joe Fishin, for the listeners out there who aren't aware, is kind of the um, uh, I think he's the isotopes mascot. And he's little like he's like a little Adam with a cowboy hat on. And as soon as I was thinking of like what kind of theme park food could we have here, barbecue, he's the first thing that popped into my mind. So I kind of based it around that. Um, so again, you know, the idea that radiation is actually cooking all your meat would be the big joke here. But a few of the food items we've got: uh, Buzz Cola ribs, which would be pork ribs glazed in a cola-based barbecue sauce, uh, plutonium dusted dry rub brisket. And uh, turbine exhaust smoked sausage. So uh, I don't. This could be anything from like a full sit down restaurant for like a family to. I know that in Universal, I think they've got like a Bumblebee Man's like taco truck. It could be uh, something as simple as that, like outdoor seating with kind of like a, a food truck type style where you could go up and order there. But um, again, that is going to tie into kind of the, the bigger story that I've got going on in the area. So nothing as elaborate as having the uh, the actual Simpsons arcade machine there. I think that's a that's a strong winner. But uh, um, Brian, what about you? What do you have for your food option in the Simpsons Okay, park? so my overall theme is uh, it all goes back to Itchy and Scratchy Land, which I on record is my in my top five favorite episodes of all time mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the simpsons it's theme parks it's everything i love uh so we are going to go into a itchy and scratchy land here uh so when i was thinking about restaurants i was thinking okay what could we do that kind of that kind of parodies theme parks a little bit you know like nudges at them a little bit but also goes into itchy and scratchy and Recently, uh, a few weeks ago, I went to California Adventure with uh, my good friend Scott here, and we we had lunch at the Lamplight Lounge. And yeah, we did. That is a uh, that is a restaurant that is themed after the Pixar Animation Studios. And I thought, well, here we go, Itchy and Scratchy Animation Studios. So I uh, so I'm pitching the Scamp Fight Lounge, and. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an animator's lounge modeled after uh, uh, modeled after Itchy and Scratchy Studios. Uh, the walls are decorated with Itchy and Scratchy memorabilia. All of the uh, all of the drinks and food are uh, you know puns on on either the drink they are or uh, you know a title of an episode or a character. Uh, so we have like a man splatting because you know splat. Yeah, you know. uh, we have yeah. uh, Itchy runs afoul of an Irishman, which is just straight whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the food side, we have Itchy's cheese platter uh, and uh, Ku Klux clam chowder. Oh, oh my God. no! I mean, I know oh, it's no. probably not the best idea to have a KKK joke in a theme park, but you know it's from the episode, so I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> where is uh, where's the Poochie representation? Oh, you know, I was trying so hard to uh, to come up with a Poochie joke, I could not think of one. I was trying real hard. I was doing that instead of teaching my classes today. So, yeah. Is, it, is anything there uh, like just like smothered in excess ketchup too, just to kind of like simulate a itchy and scratchy? Cartoon? Oh yes, absolutely everything. I, 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 so I think I think what you do with the with the poochie uh, with the poochie item is you come up with a with an item that you could never actually make, and then it's on the menu. It's on every menu, but it's crossed out, and it says that this item had to return to its home planet. <laughs> That's good. I like it. That's perfect. Oh, but it was it was real hard for me not just to recreate Tavern on the Scream and uh, uh, yeah. just you know have the baby guts and all that. <laughs> All right, so are we ready to talk about some attractions? Uh, yeah, so my attraction, I was struggling with this one, but I, I ended up coming up with a Krusty the Clown live show oh. featuring uh, Itchy and Scratchy. And the idea would be that um, Krusty would be played by, uh, a, a, I, I don't know if it would be a live actor or if it would be like one of those animatronics where the, it's sort of like puppeteered by a live actor and like he can speak like he's like you know like, like mr. the mr potato, potato head, head. Yeah. yeah yeah kind of like that um it might be something like that but the idea is that it's just an episode of the crusty the clown show uh and he's like except when he's uh shamelessly plugging products he's actually plugging like 
real park products that you can buy in the park, <laughs> um, which I which I uh, I think is really funny. Um, and then there is every time you cut to an itchy and scratchy cartoon, instead of a cartoon, it's an animatronic stunt show. Oh, uh, okay. And so oh. and so it's like a big it's a stunt show. There's a splash zone of blood. Um, you know, it's, it's the whole thing. And then over the course of the episode, uh, sideshow Bob ends up taking over and, you know, uh, <laughs> things happen. Um, but what I wanted to end with, all I know is that I wanted to end with a live version of the rake gag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the idea is that it would basically be like a combination of like a Beetlejuice uh, a graveyard review meets like a stunt show. Um, and so it would be sort of a, a combination of those two things. I guess Beetlejuice meets the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular um, would mm-hmm. be the idea of, of the show. So uh, I think it would be I think it would be fun. And, you know, it, Krusty the Clown is like a great. Uh, a, a great character to use for you know topical jokes like bad topical jokes and things like that. <laughs> so um, that's definitely uh, I think I think I would watch that show. So uh, I think oh totally yeah. totally and the whole thing's animatronic, right? No actual live performance. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think I think there's there's a way that you do uh, some live performers in in like in suits, but like I just don't think it. I, I don't know. Maybe you can get some like animatronic augmented suits or something like that, like in the okay. like yeah. in the Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies. Um, something like that might work a little bit better. But like just huh. the generic uh, character suits, I think are, they don't look good, um, and so I don't I don't mm-hmm. want that. So I would like something to be. I don't know. I don't. I don't want there to have to be a, a level of of separation between the audience and the show of that that thing in your brain going like well this isn't real at all like you know sure yeah. um and you're 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 just constantly having to to um set aside your your disbelief that like oh yeah that is a guy in a mascot suit that is not actually that character mm-hmm. uh so mm-hmm. i would like to be more impressive than that so i'm thinking some form of uh yeah animatronic can we get the crusty animatronic to throw pies i think so yeah i think you have to right, right? Yeah. You'd have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm also thinking I'm thinking, too, like as far as like, OK, that that's the element that I guess I didn't I I, I forgot to mention when I say great uh, uh, a graveyard review meets stunt spectacular. Uh, there's also a side of like those old Nickelodeon shows like uh, What Would You Do, mm-hmm. where it's a it's audience participation, you know. Um, and they used to go out and get like theme park attendants to be in this live audience. I would want it to feel like that so that, you know, you can get picked to get a pie thrown at you, you know, by the animatronic crusty <laughs> or, um, you know, what have you. But it would there would definitely be elements of that where you you feel like you're like in the show, um, you know, because you know, Krusty the Clown is based off of uh, Bozo the Clown um, anyway. So you would want to have. Uh, gag similar to the bows of the clown show because i don't think we ever see like a full-blown episode of crusty the clown right it's always like mm. it's always like him introducing an itchy and scratchy cartoon or he's trying to sell people something like that's pretty much it right get, like the live show like yeah, the one in yeah. um, the crusty anniversary show and i love lisa uh, oh, we get right, that one yeah. we get the uh, like the comeback we get special the, we get a couple of them here and there but not, not nothing like a full full show Nothing, nothing that would make you really understand what his show actually is for a half an hour. There's the one uh, where Bart become uh, Bart. I think Bart becomes famous, or Bart gets famous, uh, uh-huh. where he's the "I didn't do it" boy, mm-hmm. and you see some sketches that he does in that one. Yeah, so oh, okay. So yeah, you could do some yeah. sketches, sketch comedy, and some audience participation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so it's that the like the the Krusty the Clown show live featuring Itchy and Scratchy. Love it. Very cool. So. For my attraction, uh, I was kind of thinking about, like, the size of this park. And it, it seems like with the Simpsons Park, it would be, like, kind of like a larger area, maybe not an entire park itself, but we're thinking of something like maybe the size of both the Hogwarts and uh, Diagon Alley type situation, you know? So sure. 
I started thinking about that and I was like, well, what makes that whole thing really cool? And I was like, well, the Hogwarts Express is a great ride that we really haven't seen kind of emulated in any other capacity in any park. So I was like, well, how can I match that with The Simpsons? So this ties back into kind of the theme I have for everything, which I mentioned earlier is the Burns Endowment for the Sciences. And in this kind of internal storyline I'm going off of, uh, Mr. Burns has come in and given a lot of money to Professor Frank in order to do some repairs uh, or some upgrades at the nuclear facility. And one of the things that the money has been put into is the rebuilding of the Springfield monorail system. So what I'm thinking is a Springfield monorail ride that is akin to the Hogwarts Express. Have you guys, have either of you ridden that ride? I have. I've, I've seen ride throughs, I, but the last time I was in Florida, uh, Diagon Alley wasn't open yet. Oh, that's a shame. Well, you should go back just for this because I think it's actually the best ride in the entire Harry Potter thing. Uh, It's very simple. You just get into a recreation of the Hogwarts uh, Express and it goes from one area of the park to the other. So you're taking off from Universal Studios and going over to Islands of Adventure to Hogwarts. Uh, and there are two different versions of the ride, depending on if you're where you're going, which area you're going to. Um, so I'm thinking it, it. One of the main draws of having a Simpsons uh, theme park is that Springfield itself seems so alive. You know, as a kid, when I was watching this, I was always like, "Man, I wish there was a video game where you could actually walk around and run around Springfield." And of course, they came out with the uh, Simpsons versions of Grand Theft Auto. I can't remember the name of it. All of a sudden. Uh, Road uh, Rage? Simpsons Road Rage. Okay, yeah. I think no, no, Hit and it. Run. Hit and Run. Hit and Road run, Rage is yes. the Crazy Taxi one. Correct. Yep. Yeah, and Hit and Run is fantastic. And one of the main draws of that is you get to run around and see Springfield. And I was like, well, the best way to take that all in would be on the monorail. So the idea here is that, uh, of course, that line from the monorail episode where, what about us brain dead jo- slobs? You'll be giving cushy jobs. So Barney is the captain of the monorail who's taking you back and <laughs> forth across Springfield. And you would get to see different uh, situations play out depending on where you're going. Uh, so if if you if no one out there has seen the uh, Harry Potter ride, you're kind of looking out a window, which is a projection system or a screen, with, uh, and it's showing you different areas of the countryside as you're going to Hogwarts. Well, this would be, you know, of course, going uh, across downtown Springfield, and you get to see old Springfield. You know, you get to see the school. So anything we aren't including here in any of these attractions we're talking about today could be summed up in the monorail system. So, uh, but it would serve the purpose as both transportation uh, and uh, an attraction itself, and then also kind of parody the monorail system at uh, Disney World as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the Springfield monorail system. That would be my attraction. Yeah, I would love hearing Barney doing the sort of generic like Disney monorail voice oh, sure. like the voiceover yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's Barney could you um, have him like slurring like por favor Montaigne the yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great yeah that's that was one of the things is, is is him as a tour guide kind of pointing out like different memories he had of passing out you know in different alleyways and stuff like that you know uh, it's always fun to make fun of a drinking problem and if you can put that into a ride that'd be great so yeah. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, that's my attraction. What about yours, Brian? Uh, so for this, I as like I said before, it was really hard for me to not just you know copy uh, copy the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode, but I, I'm trying to adapt it. I guess I should say, <laughs> you know, here. Uh, so I was looking at the map for Itchy and Scratchy Land. You know, we have the you have Parents Island, you have Torture Land, Explosion Land, Searing Gas Pain Land, and Unnecessary Surgery Land. <laughs> And I'm like, what could be the flagship attraction of one of these four areas? And so I decided to go with Explosion Land. Mm. Uh, so for Explosion Land, it is a dark ride that is a sort of half dark ride, half screen ride. Before you board the ride, you're showing a, an original Itchy and Scratchy cartoon. Uh, it's not like the safety video on The Simpsons ride. It's more like traditional Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, Scratchy is planning his revenge for years of abuse at the hands of Itchy. Uh, we see him, and we see him purchasing various instruments of torture and explosives. Passengers are given 3D glasses, and they board a car that's shaped like a bomb. Uh, the car is capable of spinning on its own uh, to direct the attention of the rider, it, and it periodically stops in front of a screen to show us more of the cartoon. Uh, the screen's going to display traditional 2D animation, so we don't have that same issue that we have with the regular Simpsons ride. Scratchy is trying to enact his revenge on Itchy. We see him attacked by rabid dogs. Uh, he's <laughs> going to be boiled by acid and dismembered by chainsaws. Uh, and then in the climactic scene, we are going to see a building overloaded with explosives. Scratchy is going to be projection mapped onto the side of the building, and he's going to be hanging a sign that says free cheese. He's bandaged back together. He's like, he's really messed up after all of his previous attempts at revenge. Uh, he takes his explosive plunger around the corner of the building and to wait for Itchy. The ride vehicle is going to follow him around the corner. 
Itchy, however, when you get around the corner, is finishing hanging his own sign on the same building. It's going to say, Cats Eat Free Today Only. Scratchy is going to get really excited. He's going to straighten himself up and strut on inside. Then Itchy grabs the explosive plunger. He's going to wink at the riders and run away. Here's the cool part. An explosive plunger is going to rise up from the front of your ride vehicle. It's going to have a digital countdown on it. And the riders themselves are going to push the plunger that's going to blow uh, Scratchy (laughs) to the smithereens. Amazing. Then the the ride will end with one final scene. Itchy and his mouse friends are playing baseball with Scratchy's body parts. (laughs) Itchy is going to be wearing Scratchy's skull as a baseball helmet, I believe. And they're going to be batting with with his limbs and probably using the eyes as baseballs yeah. mm. that that's my that's my right there fun for the whole family oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well the plunger idea is fantastic i yeah. really love that yeah no the the guest interaction of it is like the the idea of like not having that spoiled for you and then riding that ride and like the plunger comes up and like that's <laughs> That would be amazing. Yeah, right. Sure. I was I I had this idea like I was thinking about making it sort of a midway mania or you know like a the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin sort of. I was I had some ideas for that, but I wanted it to be something a little more that was unique, not a gun. And then I thought about the the red the big red button in. Men in Black Alien Attack. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's telegraphed way too far ahead. You know, I think the the red button's really cool, but if it were just sort of a sort of like it just appeared to you at the end, be like, oh, hey, hit that red button. And then you did it. It'd be, I think uh, that's what I wanted out of that. Yeah. yeah. So we ready to talk about some e-tickets? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Scott, take it away. Well, uh, I, I'll be honest. I struggled with this because, uh, you know, an e-ticket is a very specific thing. And every every idea that I came up with just didn't feel like it earned the e-ticket brand. Like it didn't it didn't. It just it didn't reach that level, right? It's you know I I'm thinking about the Simpsons right now, and I really enjoy that ride for you know the, even with the mistakes that it makes, but I wouldn't call it an e-ticket ride. In fact, in for most cases, um, you know, there's only like a few examples I can think of. Really, just one off the top of my head of a reskin that I think retains the e-ticket status of its predecessor. Um, I think uh, reskins tend to like, you know, it's it's already an outdated ride and then you reskin it and it's like, well, OK, I mean, this isn't that exciting anymore. Um, and so I would I would argue that the Simpsons ride currently is not an e-ticket ride. Um, I think Back to the Future was when it was new. Um, and once Simpsons reskinned it and changed nothing about it, I feel like it, it sort of uh, lost its e-ticket status, in my opinion. So. I'm just I was really struggling with this one um, and, and finding something that that fit what I wanted it to be, because the one thing that the Simpsons ride does do well is that it incorporates lots of stuff from the Simpsons, lots of iconography. And so it's sort of like a it, 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 it does a really good job of kind of giving you everything that you would want. In a Simpsons ride, as far as, you know, gags and characters and callbacks and things like that. So I really thought about it and I thought about what my favorite part of the Simpsons ride is. And I decided to take that and turn it into its own ride. So I'm calling it Couch Gag the Ride. (laughs) (laughs) And in this, you board a Simpsons couch and you uh, basically take this thing, you go through the television, uh, and then uh, through a a you know a sort of recreation of Springfield, and you drive through it, and you get your your you know your regular uh, your standard uh, places that you would think, which is you know Springfield Elementary, the nuclear power plant. Um, but the thing about it is that it's not just one type of ride, right? It's not just like a dark ride. It's not just a, it's definitely a trackless dark ride. That's definitely um, the technology that it's probably using primarily, but there are portions of it that are going to be like Radiator Springs Racers. There are portions of it that are going to turn into a drop ride. 
Um, I'm thinking specifically in the nuclear power plant or possibly later on in a moment that I'll get to in a little while. But, you know, it's going to be a, 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 a bunch of different ride systems all sort of combined into this chaotic thing. And as you're going through all of this, eventually you would get to a point where they are uh, uh, someone is trying to I my my feeling that of what the ride is is that it's just a it's a couch gag that gets out of control, um and it it just goes it you know it it takes you all over the the city and everything and um they they just want the episode to start um <laughs> and and at at a certain point um I think you go through the church and are banished to hell. Um, so of course you go to hell, uh, and uh, I think maybe that's where the drop ride component happens. Um, but then, as you go to hell, uh, they send you back to Earth, but uh, you you end up uh, uh, too late, and you are in the world of Futurama for a little while oh, wow. um, before <laughs> before being sent back to uh, to uh, the the Simpsons and uh, starting the episode. But yeah, the idea is that it's just a it's it's a, it's a couch gag. And the great thing about it is that um of course, as we've all dreamed about, uh dur- for, during the months of September and October, it turns into a treehouse of horror uh couch gag. <laughs> Thank um, you. Because uh how could it not, right? Um yeah, and so yeah. yeah, they just retheme everything uh to be a a, a treehouse of horror. And uh, it's it's great. And uh, I think the ride could be a lot of fun. Plus, I love the idea of uh, the ride vehicle being something familiar, right? Starting Mm -hmm. off in the Simpsons living room, which is the one thing, the, the thing that is probably the most iconic thing about the Simpsons. And there is nowhere in the Universal Park where you can sit in the Simpsons living room. Yeah, which nope. seems insane to me. <laughs> like, how is yeah. that not at least like a photo that you can get? But it, right. it just doesn't. It doesn't exist. So, so I wanted to take the most iconic thing about The Simpsons, which is that that couch, and you get to sit on the couch. You are in The Simpsons living room, and then the couch takes off and and sends you on this ride. You bring up an interesting point. I don't understand how you can't do a a, a walkthrough of. The Simpsons house. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, just make it like Mickey's house because there's no residential areas in uh, in in the <laughs> Springfield uh, Park. It's because uh, it's it's a confusing mess of things where it's like there's Krusty Land, but also there's Moe's and there's the Chicken Shack and there's there's Duff Gardens, which is mm-hmm. its own thing. Also, was supposed to be a theme park, but isn't in our version of it. It, it's yeah, yeah. Like none of it really makes sense. It's not. It's not super thought out. It's like, yeah, they did put a lot of gags into it, but it's not thought out as a as a whole, you know, themed area. Right. It, it's it's clear that the driving idea behind it was retail space. Right. And then it's kind of like, yeah, some theme, whatever. Right. Right. Care. Right. Well, we have this big building, so let's do everything yeah. around that. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's that sounds really cool. I, it's I I th- I'm thinking too, Scott. You were talking about there's there's no place you can actually take a picture with the couch or anything about how Instagrammable that couch would be. Like a group of people and their friends. It, it's kind of like almost the um, the Millennium Falcon. You know, it's all, you're held up getting to your ride because everybody wants to take a, a picture by the uh, space chest. Oh yeah, set. it would yeah. it would yeah. be there, huge. There is mm-hmm. there is definitely uh, in my mind there is a part in the ride where, like I said, it's a it's a trackless ride vehicle, and at a part in the mm-hmm. ride the couch would separate into separate sections and you would all race around each other. And this is toward the end of the ride so that what happens is they all come back together. You appear in the Simpsons living room and that's when it takes your picture. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. All right, so uh, for my e-ticket, um, so kind of getting back into the theme I was talking about here, the Burns Endowment for the Sciences, this is kind of where that culminates. Uh, Mr. Burns has given Professor Frank a lot of money to try to save himself some money uh, and not really kind of enrich Springfield. He's trying to make a profit off of it. So what he has done is created a robot army to man the nuclear facility and laid off every worker that works over there, save one. <laughs> so that, that one employee, of course, is none other than Homer James Simpson. Excuse me, Homer J. Simpson. I thought it was a slip <laughs> of the tongue there. <laughs> um, 
So what we're doing here, the, the name of this ride would be the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant. And I say nuclear wrong, so just I'm just get over it. Uh, <laughs> open House Meltdown would be the nuclear. name of the ride. It's pronounced nuclear. That's what I hear. Yeah. But I'll, <laughs> you know what? Language is ever an evolving thing, and it can just, you know, change from year to year. So <laughs> anyway. Okay. So the idea here is you're doing an open house of the power plant, and you are in kind of a, imagine the the ride vehicle that was in Superstar Limo, and I'm going to try to make Superstar Limo's ride vehicle work, where there was a little TV or little monitor that you could see, I think it was like an agent talking to you the whole time, like I think now it plays like clips from Monsters, Inc. or whatever. Swifty LaRue is his name. Thank you, Swifty LaRue. Don't ask me why I know that. Horrifying visage of Swifty LaRue yelling at you while (laughs) holding a cigar, uh, looking like the land a confusion video but this one would be regular 2d animated homer simpson who's supposed to be giving you a tour of the power plant uh, that has now had all of its workers replaced with robot workers and of course it's also bring your daughter to work day so homer has brought both maggie and lisa along to the power plant with him so because there is a labor dispute because everyone's been laid off you have to go into the power plant through a picket line where everybody who was working at the factory is has signs and stuff like that, except for two guys. Lenny and Carl are missing, and you find out where they are pretty soon after you get into the power plant. They have taken over the booth that controls all the robots, and Lenny has switched the robots from helpful to unhelpful. And now there is chaos ensuing because the robots are causing mayhem inside of the facility. This would be a typical dark ride attraction where you're kind of going along. The robots have caused a meltdown and Homer is trying to get Maggie and Lisa to help him avoid a meltdown of the power plant from his little, uh, I guess, uh, director's room, wherever he is. So during the ride, you would see a combination of projection technology, cart- animated, regular 2D animation of Lenny and Carl trying to outrun these killer robots along with Professor Frank and uh, Mr. Smithers and, uh, excuse me, uh, Burns and Smithers, as well as animatronic Maggie and Lisa trying to use Homer's direction to stop the robots, to stop the power plant going to meltdown. Uh, I'm thinking also like a trackless system for this. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it would be kind of just a traditional dark ride. You're trying to get out of the power plant before it goes into meltdown. And maybe you'd go into a scene and you would see Lisa trying to shut down a robot power uh, pad or something like that. Whereas Maggie's trying to maybe pull a power cord on a machine or something like that. So yeah, kind of a combination of um, 2d animation and traditional dark ride stuff. So awesome. Yeah. So did you know that that's actually the plot of an episode Damn it. See, there's so many episodes out there. <laughs> Burns make uh, Burns replaces the entire power plant with robots except for Homer. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Yes, that's that is an See, episode. That's the problem, is in my subconscious. <laughs> I probably saw that one day and I thought, oh, I've got this great original idea. And you know what? Simpsons did it. Hey, so. I, I think <laughs> a, I am basing my entire park off of Itchy and Scratchy Land, an episode <laughs> that has existed for t- twenty five years. Yeah. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Right. Yeah, Simpsons did it. Well, yeah, Brian, tell us about your e-ticket ride then. Okay, so I didn't have a title for my my ride yet, uh, but in the queue, uh, writers are shown a pre-show. Uh, it's a parody of One Man's Dream. Uh, it's about it's a documentary telling the story of Roger Myers creating Itchy and Scratchy and building Itchy and Scratchy Land. <laughs> uh, we have a one of those invisible screens in front of an, at the front of the theater where you see the Simpsons family projected watching the uh, projected hologram style watching at the front. Uh, Bart, while watching this, just shouts, boring, and they, the family walks out. Uh, the video ends with a look forward at the future of Itchy and Scratchy Land, Advanced Robotics. Uh, the robot looks directly at the camera, and its eyes turn red. Uh, then the riders are escorted to the boarding area, and they board trackless vehicles. I know we're all real high on trackless vehicles right now, apparently. Uh, you're escorted to the boarding area. You board trackless vehicles that are made to resemble the people mover. Uh, there are two vehicles in a row. The vehicles are transported to a window overlooking the lab where they are developing the robots. Uh, they pause for a moment to view the scene where Professor Frank is warning scientists that the robots will rise up and destroy them. Uh, suddenly, a robotic Scratchy sits up and begins choking him. The cars continue down the hall where robotic Itchy and Scratchy burst through a wall and advance on the vehicles. Uh, the vehicles are dodging between giant Itchy and Scratchy figures that are attempting to whack the vehicles with sledgehammers, uh, sort of like the, uh, <laughs> the giant guns in Rise of the Resistance. So your, uh, your your cars are going through, and then just whack, giant slam, sledgehammer in front of you, then it lifts back up, and you go 
go forward. Whack, uh, whacks right behind you. Uh. You're avoiding giant sledgehammers uh, from these giant robots. Uh, then two additional vehicles are going to come out of a tunnel. Uh, in these vehicles, they're going to have simple Simpsons animatronics in them. Uh, they are going to have they're going to have very limited movement, but their faces are going to be projected, sort of like Elsa in the Frozen ride. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be one vehicle that has Bart and Lisa. Uh, one vehicle is going to have Homer, Marge, and Maggie. At this point, the vehicles are going to split up. Uh, the Bart and Lisa are going to say, "Hey, come this way," and one of the car, one of the rider cars is going to go with them. The other rider car is going to go the opposite direction with Homer, Maggie, and Marge. So these are these cars are going to have completely different experiences for the second scene or for the second major scene here. Oh, cool! So we're going to go in. They're going to go into the next room. At this point, you'll see the character cars have crashed, and they have had the characters have gotten out of the car. So you'll see new animatronics that are not within the vehicle at that point. In the Lisa and Bart route, Bart's att- going to be attempting to take down the robots with his slingshot. They're not working. They're just kind of pinging off of them. Lisa says, well, we need to, or they're too strong. You need to be taken out with a logical paradox. So she says a paradox. And then the, the robots start exploding <laughs> one by one. Uh, in the Homer and Marge route, Marge thinks that robots, just like bullies, need to be reasoned with. And obviously that doesn't work. Uh, robots are still kicking Homer's butt. Then Homer realizes, oh, no. Maggie needs to be changed. Uh, Marge says it's probably going to have to wait, but a gassy cloud short circuits the robots and they also explode. <laughs> Naturally, like Universal Studios, bad smells will be piped in to complete the effect. Oh, oh wonderful. Uh, then the passenger, uh, the passenger vehicles and all family members are reunited for the final scene. Uh, robots are advancing on the families. Marge takes a photo with the Flash uh, because you know she has to document this. This is their one family vacation they get for the year. Uh, so they, she takes a photo, and it short-circuits the robots just like it does in the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode. Uh, so Bart decides, hey, we're going to lead them into this haunted house because there's a strobe light here. And so they go into a itchy and scratchy themed haunted house and the strobe light kills them all. Uh, with all the robot dead, the, uh, the family thanks the riders for helping them make it the best vacation ever. And then the ride vehicles return to the path of the in-universe ride uh, that is still narrating about the history of itchy and scratchy, but everything is on fire at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, uh, the nice uh, Pirates of the Caribbean style ending yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, nice nod to that. Yeah, everything's, everything's dead. <laughs> no, that's great. But, uh, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of fun. I like how you incorporated the plot of the actual episode into the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I wanted to do. I wanted to to be in the middle of that action. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I wanted to do was I wanted the the cars to actually split up. You know, I've been on a few trackless vehicle rides. I've uh, been on Rise of the Resistance, and I've been on Pooh's Honey Hunt in Tokyo Disney. We're gonna need a swear jar for every time I bring up Tokyo. <laughs> Who's Honey Hunt blew my mind mm-hmm. when the when the trains split up and and in Rise of the Resistance they split up but then they kind of go different paths but you're all you're seeing the same thing regardless of which direction you're going you just get a slightly different view of the same thing right and I want this chance to have an experience where the ride is completely you get a different part of that story each time right and that's that's something that I was hoping for with this that's uh that's great. I like our parks, and I would go to all of them. <laughs> Same. You know, going into this, I was very worried that we were all going to do an e-ticket uh, Treehouse of Horror uh, Haunted Mansion style ride. I thought about <laughs> it. I think I contacted you guys ahead of time, like, hey, what if we all do the same thing? And it's funny, because two of us had uh, killer robot rides, but uh, somehow they were completely different. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, no great minds think alike. Yeah, I only had a Treehouse of Horror uh, overlay, yeah. <laughs> which is which is great, you know. <laughs> well, thanks for giving us a listen, everyone. Uh, you can check us out on online. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, our handle is at Theme Park This. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook listener group. It's called uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Theme Park This. Uh, you can join the conversation. Tell us what your Simpsons pitch is. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye.